above us, it comes out of Hebrews up our 10. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 22 says, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and so awesome faith. It's so good to be here in the house of Lord this morning. Had a great time. It tells how to great time. I ate too much. I know I ate too much. <laughs> but we had a great time there. But let's go to the Lord in prayer. And uh at this time, then we'll, we'll have another prayer time just real quickly for the, the ones that we need to pray for, if we don't mind. But Brother Bo, pray for us if you don't mind. Please. Our dear Father, we thank you for the day and the blessings of the day. Yes, God. We thank you for gathering us together with uh, the church, with the church, dear mm -hmm. Father. And we ask now that you would take Brother Roger and give him a, a great devotion. Thank yes, all God. The, the teachers and uh, be with them, dear Father, as they... Uh, try to uh, expound your word and, and explain your word to us, dear Father. Lord, we ask especially, though, that you shield around uh, Brother uh, Steve and Darren Father, give him the messages that we um, so need. And Darren Father, don't please don't stop there, but give us an open and receptive heart yes. that uh, we would follow your lead follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit dearly yes. Father and, and do, do whatever uh, it asks us to do uh, dear Father we, we know there are, there are so many needs in the church dear Father and in the community dear Father so so many sick but you know we don't know all about it but you do and dear Father we ask that you touch in each one of those Lord we be in this service uh with us and, and we'll give your name the praise and the honor for it's all for it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Be seated. Understand brother uh, brother Don is he home? He's home. He is home. Uh that pray for him. But anyone would need to lift up in prayer at this time. I think it's a lot worse than, than he's telling me. And 
just picked up something in between the lines the other day. And um, but pray for him and Rhonda. And one of one of my old chicken growers um, lost his father, and uh, he was a member at Pleasant View. And um, I'll just call out the Patterson family. Um, uh, we need food for Well, let's do this right here. Brother Roger, if you don't mind, when you come up and you lead us in this prayer, and in one account, we'll come to the altar. And let's just pray. We have so much. To yes, we do. Let's pray for it. Let's just all be ready to altar. Let's just do that. That's all coming to the altar. You lead us in this prayer, and after the prayer, you can lead us in devotion. Passes all understanding. God be with them, Lord, that seek and afflicted. God, we realize, dear Heavenly Father, we have so many God that are homebound and sick, dear Lord. I pray that you be with them, Lord. Be with them, Sister Lee, Lord. We just pray that you help her, dear Heavenly Father, and comfort her, God, and bring peace, dear Lord. I pray, dear Heavenly Father, that you just be with Brother Don, dear God, and help him, dear Lord. We're thankful, Lord, that he's got to come on, Lord. We pray that you just. Help me, dear Heavenly Father and Sister and all their family. Lord, I pray, dear Heavenly Father, that you just lead God direct in this service today, God. We pray that uh, moderation will be made easy, Lord. We pray that you would just help us step, Lord. It calls his lot a little while to break the bread of life, Lord. I pray that you'd hide behind the cross, Lord, and make sure you need more. Help Brother Michael, dear Lord, and the students. And the Sunday school teachers, Lord, as they teach God, I pray that you just give them that, Lord, they need God to feed us with their word, God, I pray. Lord, I pray, dear Heavenly Father, that you just give uh, Brother Roger, God, help him, Lord, as he comes to conduct devotion, and what the Lord is doing, God, give him that, Lord. Everything that we do, everything that we say, we do in a way that be pleasing to you, Lord, and we'll be obedient to your purpose for us here in the world. Again, we just ask you to bless all that I do to pray for, our privilege to pray for, Lord, and that you would carry us through this service and, and everything that we do, everything that's accomplished, Lord, we will know it will be because of you. These things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. morning uh, that goes without saying and uh, it's uh, 4th of July celebration this weekend and uh, I heard the fireworks going off last night we were in the house and I on the porch and was looking over toward the park where the fireworks were going off and it was just a beautiful sight my flag was up and the light was on the flag and fireworks was going off behind it and I said well how fitting is that you know how fitting is that celebrating uh, the freedom of our country and uh, we need to do that we need to uh, keep in mind this country uh, what it has stood for through the years and, and see if we can continue to make it stand for that and uh, it was kind of funny uh, my devotions are always kind of funny to me when I think back on where I got them I was thinking uh, over the last couple of weeks about bales and uh, how many of y'all don't know that Liberty Hill has got a bell. We've got a bell, y'all. It's up in the bell tower. And uh, I've heard it ring very few times since I've been here. I, and I'd like to know what the history of that bell was. I'm trying to talk to some people sometimes to see if at one time maybe we rang that bell 
for occasions, uh, you know, maybe just open service and uh, our wedding or whatever. But I've heard that bells have been rung in the past before phones and everything was available as warnings. You know, bad weather's coming or uh, something happens uh, gather somewhere and uh, uh, but the bell I was thinking about was uh, the bell that I've always heard the ringing of bells in heaven and I don't really I, you know I don't know enough about heaven to know if, if, if that's a, a fact or not but if it is I bet we were hanging three times in the last month yeah. uh, with these little ones being saved. If, if that don't ring a bell, if there's a bell there and that don't ring it, then uh, we're doing something wrong. But I, I so appreciate and am so thankful to be here and to see and witness the, the little ones that we've had sure. uh, come to the knowledge of the Lord and accept Him. And, um, you know, uh, it, it's just amazing to me. Uh, and I, I got to look in the biblical text of bells. There's not a lot mentioned in the Bible about bells. Uh, Aaron's uh, robe, his garment that he wore into the Holy of Holies when he went in to, to again, it was once a year, I think, and, and uh, uh, made try to make atonement for the sins of the people for that year. And you could only go into this place, that the high priest was the only one who could go into this place. And if uh, anyone else went in, they were subject to death, I guess, and um, and if the priest did something wrong, he was subject to death. So, if you want to, if you want to see a uh, a pattern for a garment, if you're a seamstress or anything like that, if you want to see a pattern for a garment that'll scare you to death, read the 28th chapter of Exodus and see what this garment had to be. How this garment had to be prepared for the high priest to go into the holy of holies. And I'm going to read a little bit right at the bottom of it here. Um, the 33rd uh, verse of the uh, 28th chapter of Exodus. Um, it said, And beneath upon the hem of it shall make pomegranates of blue and of purple and of scarlet round about the hem thereof, and bells of gold between them round about. A golden bell and a pomegranate. A golden bell and a pomegranate upon the hem of the robe round about. And it shall be upon Aaron to minister, and his sound shall be heard when he goeth in unto the holy place before the Lord, and when he cometh out, that he die not, dieth not. So it was it was on there for the the benefit of the people to know that he was still alive, and he was he was doing his job to atone somewhat for their sins for the year. And if the bell got silent. There was worry that the priest had died in there, and there's even a, a thought, and I couldn't find any scripture to back it up, that when the priest went in, there was a, a rope tied to him because nobody else could go in there and check on him, lest they die. But if the bells quit ringing for a certain period of time, they could pull on that rope and pull him out if he had died. So now, I don't know if that's—I didn't see that scripturally, but I have read several accounts where. Uh, traditionally, that's what people thought of, of that. But, you know, the bells uh, that he had was a symbol to the people that sin was being forgiven. And uh, and that's what I thought about the bells ringing when the children were saved. Sure. That sin was being forgiven. And, and if there was a bell in heaven, surely it rang. Now, uh, we've got a, a, a famous bell in our country that was the Liberty Bell. What we commonly call it, it was a it was a bell on a Senate or the uh, a state house of Pennsylvania uh, originally, and um, it was uh, it, it has a, a proclamation on it that says if this is from uh, Leviticus, it says proclaim liberty throughout the land and to all the inhabitants thereof, and uh, that's the inscription on the bell. We know that the bell had a crack in it and. It uh, has not been used in a long time. As a matter of fact, there's not a living person that has ever heard that bell in its purity. And uh, it's, uh, I think the last time, they said the last time it rang um, was 
It was Abraham Lincoln's birthday. I mean, not birthday. It was George Washington's birthday, February 22nd, 1846. It's the last time the bell was actually rung in its purity. So, um, Chris, could you come to the piano? They said it rang in a tone of E flat. Can you make an E flat sound on this piano? They said you can you can uh, simulate the, the tone of a bell with a musical instrument, because the bell is an instrument, but a E flat. Church um, used to, and I don't know, I hadn't heard it recently, but at noon and at six o'clock, their bell tower told uh, a hymn. Chime. That's chime. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, was a, it was a chime, but it was a hymn that they would play, and you could hear it all on once easily. So I'm sure sitting right here on this little hill that that bell could probably easily heard, especially on a, a cool crisp winter day as far as Robert Neal's house, I bet. And uh, probably as far as y'all's house over there, you know, straight across. I bet you could hear that. Bell. So, uh, not only do we need to shine our light on this hill, we need to ring our bell. We let people know that something's going on here. And uh, it might just pique somebody's interest when they're out getting ready to mow their grass or something. But, well, I wonder what's going on over there. They're ringing a the bell. And uh, let's let's ring the bell for God, y'all. If we can just raise more awareness that something's going on at Liberty Hill, I'd like to go see what it is. Anyone else got anything you'd like to say this morning before we take the class? If not, we'll take our classes at this time. Hey, good morning, everyone. Uh, a note to the teachers, we will probably wrap this up today. And, of course, we will not have Sunday school next Sunday due to the baptizing. So two weeks from today, we'll kind of be back to normal Sunday school, I guess. So I hope you've got something out of this. Um, just a few more things to show today and then kind of a summary. But uh, we're still in Jerusalem. We're outside of the uh, old city. We're out in the surrounding area and 
just you know a typical street you can once again see the red light on the sidewalk i never did get used to that i would have ran so many red lights but um okay jess and out outside the city you would see all different degrees of judaism like here are two ladies who are dressed in the traditional way uh, all black their heads covered you notice even their shoes are black and then you see you know a younger girl whose her head's not covered but she's still wearing black for the most part and here if you look those are Americans crossing the street but if you look across the street over against those blocks yeah you can see you know more the traditional so you kind of see you know you see different degrees with the ladies and the men uh, but you can pretty much tell if they're Jewish they'll have some black on them somewhere on their clothing and here's a couple that I snapped a picture of uh, pushing their baby in the stroller now I don't think he had anything on his head does he Jess uh, yes, he, he does. does okay and he's got the beard that would be long enough you could grab it with your hand and it would stick out below the bottom of your hand I, I know some Amish don't want you to take their picture yeah well, they like that. Or you just snuck it. I snuck it <laughs> and I'm sure that depend on how traditional they were like you know when I had I took the picture of the three that ran up to me wanted me to take their picture <laughs> yeah yeah you can shoot a long ways off I try you know I, I tried to be discreet with it I didn't want to create a scene but just some more of the the buildings Okay. Back it up one. I'll get it. Oh, that's better. How about that? Yeah. 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 King David Hotel was on King David Street. That's something I had never seen, and it fascinated me. So, one more, Jess. Real lemons growing on a lemon tree. Just on one of the side streets. Well, Michael, I've got a lemon tree. Oh, okay. It, it grows full-size lemons. And when you pick those things, they're almost as sweet as oranges. Really? Yeah. I get them right, they're, they're really good. Yeah. But in the city, uh, in different places, like on a side alley, you'd see an orange tree or a lemon tree. Uh, and here's a younger lady who, uh, she's got black pants although her, her head's not covered and she's got a white top and the white tennis shoes but always something will be black now I just took this because I thought it was kind of funny y'all can't read that it back up it's the Red Heifer Steakhouse <laughs> it's right there off King David Street <laughs> just more buildings that same color oh I'm sorry yeah that particular building is a rather important building as you'll see on the next slide it is the read it for me Jess the next slide World Jewish Congress. yep the World Jewish Congress one of the towers on it now we were there in March which is a really great time to go because not only is the weather not unbearable, but everything's in bloom. And this is just around the hotel. I took some pictures of things that were blooming. It's just beautiful. And except for one day, we had clear blue sky. What kind of tree is that? I don't know, Bo. A lot of these were right across the street, uh, but just beautiful things in bloom. Is that the hotel by Kona, or is that just a different building? Uh, just up and down the street from where we were. 
And one of the things you'll notice, there's very, very, very little litter. It's, it's spotless. Yeah, I never saw it. I don't know if people don't do it. Yeah, I, I was, yeah, I guess probably both. But for the most part, I never saw anybody throw any down. It, it, around Jerusalem, it was super clean and super safe. And that's exactly the way our community should be. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they take pride in it. And cleanliness, cleanliness next to godliness is not just our bodies. It's our home. It's where we live. It's our world. <coughs> What you <laughs> it's a great big blow up of a cartoon animal. <laughs> That's how I knew where I was when I tried to get around walking. I always knew if I could get back to the purple monster, I knew where I was. <laughs> so. That's what that show back up and you can show where it is with a mouse. Yeah, right there. See his horns. Yeah, it's just a big. I'm sure it was for the uh, marathon, but it sure helped me out. I could always remember head back to the purple monster, and I knew how to get to the hotel. Is that Godzilla on the shore of that building? I don't know. There was something on a lot of buildings, but he was my guide that day. My sister was ill that day, so I didn't go with a group. So I did a little exploring on my own. Just going down towards the gate. This is another gate, but there was a lot of merchants in front of this gate on this particular day. A gate into the old city. Is that lights right here or is it barbed wire? It's, it's like Christmas tree lights. Okay. What we would call Christmas tree lights. And this, and this is a side street where all the merchants were at. And just a lot of fresh fruit. Um, and just, just this and that. Just, just lay it out on tables. Uh, back up one, Jess. Um, with my sister being ill that day, she didn't feel like walking. Uh, this was the day that was uh, touring, I guess you say, that really the highlights of old Jerusalem's where Christ was crucified and buried. And Traditionally, they don't know exactly where, but I was given two choices because I didn't really have time to make both. There's, there's two spots that they think are possible sites. One of them is... Uh, just uh, it's kind of in the northern part and it's you've got a big uh, sanctuary built around it kind of like the other places we saw but then there was another place that was a little further out from the city it's about two miles away from the hotel and it was called the garden tomb and i looked at the brochures and i thought now which one do i want to go to and i decided i'd take the garden tomb because i figure it it probably looked more like what it would have looked like. But on the way to it, you could even see there was, there was commercialism. All these people knew that's where people went by, so that's where I can sell my wares. Tourist trap. Yeah, pretty much. So when I made it to the garden tomb, let's see all the buses in the bottom. Uh, it was a pretty popular site too as well. What do we know about Golgotha? What was it called? The skull. Place of the skull. skull. Alright, now here's well back up, Jess, you're getting too fast. Sorry. <laughs> you can find several places. One eye there, one eye there, a nose, an eye there, an eye there, a nose. They say this is what was meant by the place of the skull. It was you'd see it in the rock. And there's several places you could look at this side of this mountain where the rocks are and visualize a face of a skull. So oh, I was kind of interesting. Is that a wall on the top? 
ma'am? Is that a wall up on the top? Yeah, I'm sure protecting it oh, okay. from people above it. And there, I'm sitting there, it's almost like bleachers where you could hold a church service there and it was covered and you kind of looked across the parking lot. You could not actually get to that area. It was fenced off. And I'm sure that was part of the fence on top, Pat. Yeah, if you look different places and just turn your head just right, you'll, you'll see what they mean by the, the skulls in the mountain. And this, now, quick question, was this inside or outside the gate of the old city? It would be outside. Outside. They did not crucify anybody inside the gate. You went outside the gate, yeah. But it's just there. Back up one. I'm sorry, Jess. You see there's buildings just across the street there to the right. I mean, you're, you're still downtown. Where is Golgotha as relates to this? Far away? Not far. I walked. Oh, okay. Not far at all. Remember, the old city's not that large. Inside the gates, you know, the walls. Could you get up there or not? No. Well, I don't know. I don't know if you could actually get up there or not. But obviously there's a wall to keep you from climbing over and coming down. <coughs> there was probably the best picture I took where you could say, oh yeah, I see what they're talking about. The place of the skull. So whether this is the exact spot, I don't know, but a lot of people thought it was for that reason. That's just a little bit broader view of it. And the other thing neat about this place is there's a big garden there. Lots of flowers. You can walk around in the shade. Um, then here you can start seeing some of the vegetation just right next to it. It's called the garden tomb. And now on in another part of the garden, you come to a wall and they have, you know, here again, is it the right place or not? I don't know, but you get a real good visualization of what the tomb would have looked like. Where Christ was placed after the crucifixion. Yes, you can. We'll get there. And uh, they said those, back up just one, those are original rocks. Those were old, square, chiseled out rocks that were laying on that ledge. So, and they had a, a, a that's what a stone that you rolled would have looked like, which we pretty much can picture that. It's heavy, that's for sure. And as you went inside, it was, they had metal bars up where you couldn't go any further, but this is what a tomb carved out in a rock would have looked like. And obviously you can see it much better. Uh, for our visitors, there's thumb drives in the back if you want a copy of these. That's probably the best picture of it. It's just carved out of the rock of the mountainside. And it was, it was really neat. I don't believe in coincidences. I was standing in line because it was single file to go in and I was about two people away from going into the little cave. And a church group was up on the side of the hill and started singing, I come to the garden alone. That was pretty cool. There you just get another look at it. Do you know what that symbol is? I don't. I don't. I'm sorry. That one. So is there one on each side? No. 
it was just on the right, but you had a, a section, the back section was, was deeper, for lack of a better word. Yeah, that was deeper than there, yes. No, no, it was just the one. And that's what it looked like from the outside. You went up a couple of steps and went inside, and it was single file. perspective about yeah. how hard it would be to do grave there compared to here to Alabama. Yeah. There's three rocky places here. Yeah, and that's, you know, they use caves because the ground was so hard. I'm sure they would start where there was a cave and, and work work out or work inward. And it's just some more of the garden. Where did they bury their people? In that times they did it in caves. Well, it's, you know, if you remember all those uh, graves on the Mount of Olives looking back towards old Jerusalem, they were buried on top of the ground. Now, you can't hardly see it. It's a wine press there in the garden. That's my grandson, I can tell. And the plaques for Sister Pam to read. And then it's coming back out and going back by. Uh, real interesting, I took this picture. A lot of railroad tracks are inlaid. The, 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 I hate to use the word railroad track. It's kind of for in the city transportation, kind of like the metro. But it's inlaid with those stones in between the rails. Beautiful. And I made it back to my purple monster. Yeah. And I thought this was pretty neat. If you sit there and think about it, I love Jerusalem. It's kind of, you know. Yeah, and then you see, you know, you've got that, which is real modern. And if you look over the left there behind the trees, you see the old wall. It's a real, it's a real contrast inside those walls and outside those walls. And you get on the plane and it takes you much longer to get home than it does to go over there. About 11 hours to go and about 13 to come back because you're fighting the rotation of the earth and the movement of the air. I never thought about that. Yeah. It doesn't really, that's it, Pam. We're, yeah, it doesn't really affect you on short flights, but it. Ma'am? I'm sorry, Jess. <laughs> we flew about 660 miles an hour going there. Uh -huh. We never made it to 600 coming back miles per hour because of the, the air and the earth's rotation. We were headwind. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. Even at 40,000 feet or however far we went. So that kind of wraps, wraps it up. We're, you're flying back in now, Jess. Had a birthday got sassy. Yeah, I know, I know. But I'll, I'll wrap it up with this. Um, the country's a lot smaller than I ever realized. Why was it put where? Why did Christ want his people there? And why there? Thing going on. It was the crossroads of the world. He never intended for his gospel to be private. It was for the whole world. Remember on the day of Pentecost, it said there were people there from every nation. Yeah. We are not to hide this gospel under a bushel. It's for the world, the entire world. Uh, can't, this, you know, Israel was called Canaan in the Old Testament, that area. It wasn't like the flat land that they had back in Egypt when they were under bondage. Uh, Canaan was a land of hills and valleys. Now, I'll give you something to think about. We in our Western nature, when we think of, excuse me, <coughs> when we think of hills and valleys, we think, Hills are wonderful. Valleys are in the dumps, right? Mm -hmm. I'm in the valley. 
Well, from these pictures you've seen, would you rather spend most of your time on the hilltop or in the valley? In the valley. Yeah, hilltop is a wonderful place to visit. You get a great view and a great perspective, but most of our time is spent in the valley. Yeah, that's where the substance is. Yeah. Um, 23rd Psalm, when David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lay down in green pastures. Where's he talking about? He's talking about the valley. Yeah. I think Brother Jimmy Aaron always had a statement, the biggest, tallest, strongest timber grew where? Not on the mountaintop. It's in the valley. Yeah, so a little different perspective there. Yeah. Uh, the valley sustains us. It's not a terrible place to be in the valley. Uh, let's see. What else? If you take the, I'll repeat again, if you take the entire population of the country of Israel, 1.9% are claimed to be Christian. 1.9%. So while Israel is an absolutely awesome place to visit, I'd go back in a heartbeat. I'd take the very same tour just to see what I missed. Um, let's never forget you know, the history there is incredible. The buildings are incredible. Uh, most people I met were incredible. But it's no different than any other country in the world today. Uh, while it has an awesome history, uh, Israel's just a nation. Uh, if you look in Romans, Paul, Paul made a distinction. He said, who is a Jew? He said, a Jew, a true Jew is one who is circumcised of the heart. Amen. Yeah. <clears throat> While having a Jewish heritage you know, would be wonderful, it's still for everyone, including those people, you must be born again. Uh, while, you know, I, I guess the way that someone put it best, there's a nationality of being Jew, which would be your bloodline. You know, I was born son of this person, son of this person. But the one that matters is the true descendants of Abraham. Who did God say Abraham's descendants would be? In the child of faith, the promise Amen. of Isaac. It, it's his blood that we have in common. Yeah. Not yeah. our own. Yeah. So while Israel's an awesome place, like I say, I'd go back in a heartbeat and tour it again. There's nothing special. Other than its history, there's nothing unique or special about it now. It's just like any other nation. Ye must be born again. Yeah. Uh, any questions? This just about wraps it up. I never dreamed it'd take this long to go through it. But, uh, I have a question, and it's probably kind of a little bit, maybe off the subject a little bit. But what I have read and stuff like that is toward the end of time revelations mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that the people will go back to Israel, go back to his land or, or whatever. Is that is there, what, what is that that I'm thinking of? It, if I can put it bluntly, it's a bunch of false teaching. Okay. And, and it may happen. Okay. Because let's face it, if you want to be honest about it, why did the U.S. help Israel become a nation again in the 40s after World War II? We thought we were helping God out. Mm -hmm. That's really what it amounts to. <clears throat> but remember, it's not anymore about the bloodline of the Jew. It's about the bloodline of Christ. It's a whosoever will. I am more Jewish than 98.1% of the people in Israel. Amen. Because my bloodline is from Christ. Yeah. And Paul spells that out in Romans repeatedly. Yeah. Someone else. That's actually a great question. There's nothing... Let me put it... Let me wrap it up with this. Nothing has to happen in Israel for Christ to come. He can come right now. That's right. And he's not coming to Israel. He's coming to the world. Mm -hmm. Was there any way that 
We just saw it, sister. You turned. Um, no, no, just no. In our group, you just, several places that were considered holy places, you had to cover your shoulders and your knees. Okay, but not nothing on the head. Okay. No, no, ma'am. But that was everybody, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that was for everyone. But no, nowhere were there special dress codes for the women themselves. Okay. Yeah. How much competition, though? <laughs> Brother Michael, one thing that gave me perspective early on that, uh, was your explanation of the West Bank mm -hmm. and the Golan Heights. Uh, that, that helped me to have a, a different perspective than I had other You hear those terms on the news all the time, but it's hard to maybe talk about the significance of that. But if you just look at the, the, just look anecdotally, forget belief or not for just a minute, this little country and a small part of this little country, Galilee, someone there changed history that has lasted 2,000 years, outlasted the Roman government, uh, outlasted so many things. If you just look at anecdotally, antidotically, I'll get it out, there must have been something to it. What else in such a small area has impacted the world 2,000 years later like this did? Yeah. And sitting on a rock. Hmm? I can't get over a rock. Yeah. That's how I am. I can't even. I guess that was the two favorite things I like what you showed us was. I never realized, like, when you're out in the wilderness, like you said, the wilderness that we think of is, like, out in the jungle. At least you yeah. have bugs or something to eat or whatever. Yeah. But if you were truly out in the wilderness back in those days, you had nothing. And you truly had to depend. I guess back in those days it would be kind of different. But if you're out in the wilderness like back then, you have to depend on God yeah. alone, period. And then how you just did the valley mountain over there you want to be in the valley yep. here yeah. we're like oh no valley <laughs> yeah. it puts a different on, a perspective on poor Moses too he had a, oh, he had millions of people to feed in that wilderness mm -hmm. no wonder he lost it occasionally and hit the rock he had a lot of pressure on him you know now why John came eating locusts and wild honey <laughs> whatever he could find yeah Anyone else? Michael, when you flew out, how many stops did you have to make before you landed back in the United States? None. It's straight from Tel Aviv to Miami. Wow. wow. It's 13 hours in the same seat. Okay. Now, did you go, uh, in my mind, I would picture, we're, we're just going to take off. We're going to fly. No. Over uh, the Mediterranean and over the Atlantic and land in Miami. Yeah, but. What's a little unique about that is you don't fly in a straight line because of the Earth's curvature. You would think you fly, if you want to look at me, you don't fly from here to here. You fly this way. It's closer. Because of the Earth being round. We actually left Miami and went northwest above Bermuda and came across Portugal, Spain, and Italy and came back down to it. It's closer that way. So I did get to see the lights of Spain, Italy, and Portugal on the way back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you, you kind of arc. You know, world flyers, I've talked about flying over the polar caps and stuff, you know. Yeah. From yeah. Somewhere, yeah. To somewhere in Russia or something. You don't go this way, you go this way. Yeah. And I'll leave, I'll end it up with this. We're out of time. Something else that I believe is in Romans. Uh, we look at the Jews and we want to say, oh, those dummies. But Paul reminds us we were grafted in to the vine. 
that their loss was our gain and that we don't need to be boasting against the vine lest we be in the same place. Yeah. Any other questions? Huh. Well, I hope you got something out of this. And again, there's thumb drives in the back if you want to get one take home with you.